In a time when evildoers parade their agenda before the world without shame. In a world where absolutes are being challenged and changed. In a society where truth is relative. Welcome to a podcast that will edify, encourage, and empower you. A podcast that will speak God's truth in love. I'm your host, Myron Powell. Thank you for subscribing and listening to Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. Thank you for joining us. Our topic for today's podcast is the purpose of holiness. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14 that we should follow peace and holiness with everyone. And it says if we don't, we will not see the Lord. Now, I believe this is a twofold step. First of all, if we don't pursue peace and holiness... I don't believe we'll spend eternity with the Lord. But I think a second piece of what this is saying is that if I don't pursue peace and holiness with everyone, then I won't reflect holiness to them and reflect the peace of God to them. Therefore, they won't see the Lord through my actions, through my lifestyle. Amen. Well, today, my co-host, Kennedy Kadosh, and I are going to rightly divide God's word of truth about the purpose of of holiness. Minister Kennedy, I know you've got something to share with us, so would you please give our audience today what the Lord has given you? Amen, amen. Thank you, Bishop. But first, giving our thanks to Jesus Christ, our Lord and God, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen. To Bishop Powell, amen, at the God's own heart. Thanks for all your support. And to all listeners on all different platforms, Thank you for tuning in to Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. It's a blessing to be here to exalt the name of Jesus together. In our last podcast, Bishop made a reference to Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. It started by saying, but Daniel purpose in his heart. It's a noun purpose meaning the reason for which something is done or created or for which something is uh, exists. And as believers, we must understand the reason that we're created. The reason we exist is to have a holy relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and God. Some synonyms of purpose are motive, reason, mm. intention, mm. plan, goal, and desires. So as believers, we should daily plan to be holy, desire to be holy, make it our daily goal to live holy because the Lord our God is holy. And the reason that holiness become our daily intention is because God's word teaches us that without holiness, no one will see God. Bishop made a reference of that earlier. Mm -hmm. See Hebrews 12, verse 14. It says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Some synonyms of holiness are godliness, faith, righteousness, and purity. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord It implies that only those who work at righteousness, meaning those who purpose in their heart to live holy, shall abide in the tabernacle of the Lord. Mm. See Psalm 15 verses 1 and 2. 
Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord reveals that only those who are faithful to holiness shall hear him say, well done, mm-hmm. thou good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. It implies only those who purpose in their heart to be pure, meaning holy, will hear Jesus say, enter thou into the joy Amen. of the Lord. Hallelujah. What is your daily purpose? Come on. What is your daily goal? What is your daily intention? If you claim to be in a relationship with King Jesus, it should be a holy one. So we should purpose to possess holiness. Right. First Thessalonians 4 verses 3 and 4 says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel mm-hmm. in sanctification in honor. Mm. The word sanctification is mentioned in both of these verses. Verse 3 begins by saying, this is the will of God. We're always asking God to reveal his will to us. Well, here it is right here printed in the word of God. That's right. And that word is sanctification. Bishop often say that there is one work of salvation, but within that one work, there's three dimensions. Right. The first dimension happened at the cross. It's at the cross that Jesus justifies us. That's the first dimension. He right. justifies us. Right. Acts 2 verse 38 shows us how we receive Jesus' justification. Acts 2 38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, mm. in the name of Jesus Christ Amen. for the remission of sin, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is how Jesus justifies us. Secondly, Jesus sanctifies us. This is the longest part of the three dimension. During this dimension, from Jesus justifying us up to the third dimension, we're working out our own salvation in fear and in trembling. See Ephesians 2, verse 12. Right. This does not mean that we're working to be saved. Jesus did that work at the cross. But not through the Holy Ghost. Jesus is still doing the work within us called sanctification. Mm. He sanctifies us. This is what it means to endure to the end. See Matthew 24, verse 13. Lastly, Jesus glorifies us. On the day of the rapture, he will glorify us. Romans 8, verse 30 says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, Mm -hmm. them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Two of the three dimensions is mentioned in this verse. Two of the three dimensions of salvation is mentioned right here. So he glorify us and he glorified us based on how we glorify him john 5 verse 44 says how can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor meaning glory that cometh from god only this verse reveals that if we seek to glorify jesus that he will ultimately Glorify us. Amen. Second Corinthians 3 verse 17 teaches that the Lord is that spirit 
what spirit? The Holy Spirit. Mm. So the Lord is that spirit. He is the Holy Spirit. Verse 18 go on to reveal, as the Holy Spirit, Jesus will move us, better yet, change us into his same image from glory to glory. Mm -hmm. How do we seek his glory? When we purpose in our heart to live holy by possessing Holiness. Mm -hmm. The first eight verses in First Thessalonians chapter four teaches us that God has called us to holiness. Verses one and two teaches that our walk must be our priority by committing to know what God says and to do what God commands. Verses three, five through seven teaches us that God's will must be our guide. In verse 5 through 7, it teaches us to avoid impurity. Right. Verse 8 teaches that God approval must be our passion, meaning our loyalty is to our everlasting Father, and our power comes from the Almighty God mm -hmm. who aids us to keep possession of holiness and assists us to glorify Him daily. And this is how we Purpose to possess holiness. Mm -hmm. Amen, amen. Bishop, I know mm. that I have stirred <laughs> up your spirit, stirring up the gift yeah. that is within you. <laughs> do you have anything to add? Well, absolutely I do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for all of our listeners, uh, for those of you that have heard this podcast or part of TCOO or you've heard Elder Kennedy preach, uh, the fact of the scriptures he uses, it stirs up a lot of things. And uh, so thank you for sharing that with us. And as you were speaking, I begin to think, you know, we must be filled Amen. with the Holy Spirit in order to possess holiness. After all, it's the Holy Spirit. That's how I become holy, <laughs> right? Uh, and the Bible says, if I don't have the Spirit of Christ, then I am none of His. I don't belong to Him. Amen. And, and so, but but here's a question that came to me. Uh, I must purpose to possess holiness, as you have said, but will holiness possess me? Mm. Will God have all of me? And that's, I think, the, the big thing that we need to answer here today. You know, the initial evidence of one being filled with the Holy Spirit, and you alluded to this, uh, Elder Kennedy, is that it's speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. Amen. Acts 2, uh, 4, and Acts 8, and uh, 10, and 19 all declare this. Uh, but the lifelong evidence of mm. being filled with the Holy Spirit is bearing the fruit mm. of the Spirit, and so it's that, that ongoing realization that what has possessed me, I now possess the Holy Spirit, the holiness of God, Amen. and it's proved by the way I live. It's proven in my lifestyle. Amen. Now, I know that's kind of getting into the second point here, so I don't want to give too much of that away. So why don't you share with us what the second purpose Amen. is? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. <clears throat> Secondly... We also should purpose to practice holiness. Mm -hmm. James 1 verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, Bingo. deceiving your own self. Romans 2 verse 13 says, For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. This verse reveals that it is the doers of God's word who are justified, meaning those who are practicing the word, 
There's an old saying, practice what you preach. Mm -hmm. As believers, we should be practicing what we preach. Are you practicing what you preach? Are you being a doer of God's word, a doer of holiness? In Romans 2, verse 6 through 11, Paul makes a point that because God is impartial, he would judge both Jews and Gentiles according to their works. Verses 1 through 5 made the case that Jews are guilty before God because they did not keep the Torah, meaning they chose not to be doers of God's word. And therefore, judgment has set in and on the nation of Israel. If we do not keep God's word, if we do not practice holiness, judgment was set in and on us also. Paul revealed in verses 12 through 16 that no matter if you're Jew or Gentile, right. we're all in the same boat because of obedience and disobedience. Romans 1, 18 start by teaching us about the wrath of God. Mm -hmm. Verses 19 through 32 reveals the reason for God's wrath. There's four points brought out in these groups of scripture in Romans chapter 1. First, the movement of idolatry. Secondly, the madness of idolatry. Mm. Next, the misery of idolatry. Mm. And lastly, the moral rebellion of idolatry. Wow. Where in chapter 1, the theme is judgments in the Gentiles. In chapter 2, the theme shift to judgment in the Jews. Hmm. Hallelujah. The first 16 verses in chapter 2 covers the truth about God's judgment. Verses 17 through 29 teaches about Jewish hypocrisies. Right. The point is, all these practices of obedience and disobedience exposes each individual works. Is it a work of flesh or spirit? And as children of God, we all subscribe to walk in the spirit mm -hmm. so we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. See Galatians 5 verse 16. Psalm 84, 11 talks about walking uprightly. Colossians 1 verse 10 starts by saying that ye might walk worthy of the Lord. These verses talk about walking Walking uprightly and walking worthy to do either one is walking holy, which is practicing holiness. Amen. I know, Bishop, I know I, <laughs> you, you're about to explode by now with remarks and comments, oh, so take yeah. it away. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, uh, I got a question for our listeners uh, today, and that is, what are you full of? Mm. And, 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 the, and here's the point with that. When you look through the book of Acts, every uh, time they would appoint someone, a deacon, an elder, uh, uh, you know, whatever, they would find and they would say this person was full of faith, mm. full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, what they're saying is that person is practicing what they've received. It mm. wasn't just an experience at an altar. Yay, I got the Holy Ghost. Woo! And a little check mark. It was now a lifestyle. And, and on that question, what are you full of? Think about this for a minute. Think of the word hateful. Think of the word spiteful. You're full of hate. You're full of spite. 
And that's what comes out in your actions, your mannerisms, your behaviors. But equally, think of the words joyful, peaceful, yes. faithful, beautiful, grateful. What that is saying is you're full of joy, you're full of peace, you're full of faith, you're full of beauty, you're full of, of, of being grateful for things. And, and, and that's what's coming out. Amen. It's, in other words, it's practicing holiness. Let me say this clearly and plainly. You cannot say you love God and hate your brother, else you're a liar. Mm. And the Bible says you're a murderer with your tongue. And, and we are in this, in this series that we're doing on holiness. We're going to get to some of the outward things in, in, and be specific. But let me stress here the importance of the inward element of life. I don't care how holy you look on the outside. If there is hate on the inside, if Amen. there's prejudice and, and, and hate for someone else, it doesn't matter. It's, it's not pure holiness. It's not practicing holiness the way it should. We don't need either or. We need both and. Amen. It's why the Bible tells us to perfect that holiness inwardly and outwardly. It's of the flesh and of the spirit. That's 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1. And flesh is the outward and spirit is the inward. And it's both. I've got to perfect both Amen. in holiness. I've got to practice holiness. Well, I think we're both lighting each other on fire, Elder Kennedy. Amen. So uh, why don't you give us the wrap up on your part of this today? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. <laughs> Lastly, we should purpose in our hearts. To preserve holiness. Mm. Preserve means to keep safe from injury, harm, or destruction. It means to protect, to keep alive, intact, or free from decay. To maintain, to keep or safe from decomposition. So as believers, we ought to keep our holiness safe from injury, harm, or destruction to protect our holiness, to keep holiness alive in our relationship with Jesus, to keep holiness free from decaying, to maintain our holiness by abiding in Jesus. John 15 verse 7 says, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. A biblical definition of abide is to stay or live somewhere mm. to remain wow. or continue. Yes. So as Christians, we should be striving to stay holy, to make holiness our permanent resident, mm -hmm. to remain in holiness, to continue yes. in holiness. And you may ask, what will happen if I don't remain in Jesus, in holiness, if I don't remain in being godly, I just read John 15, verse 7. But in John 15, verse 6, Christ said, If a man abide not in me, mm. he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gathered him, and cast him into the fire, mm -hmm. and they are burned. This verse teaches us that we cannot afford not to abide. In Christ Jesus, that we cannot afford not to be holy in Jesus' name. We find the words cast in fire mentioned in this verse. This reveals to us that those 
who do not abide in Jesus will be cast into hell. Mm-hmm. You may say, hell is not mentioned in this verse, Elder Kennedy. Well, there's many scriptures that do not necessarily say hell, but the implication right. is there. For example, Matthew 13, verse 42, it says, and says, cast them into a furnace of fire. Mm-hmm. There shall be welling and gnashing a team. Right. Now, this verse give a little bit more description of this terrible place. But like John 15, 6, we find the words cast in fire. And like in John, the word hell is not mentioned here in Matthew chapter 13, verse 42. Right. But both are describing hell. John 15, verse 6, give the implication. If we do not abide in Christ, then we're cast away from his presence. And I don't know about you. If I'm not in the mm-hmm. presence of God, that's hell to me. Come on. King David said it like this in Psalm 51, verse 11. Cast me not away Amen. from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. First Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Meaning, he did the work, but we must purpose in our heart to preserve the work, Amen. to preserve holiness. Amen. As I bring my message to a close, remember to always purpose in your heart to possess holiness, to practice holiness, and preserve holiness, because without it, no man shall see the Lord. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name. Bishop, Mm. I laid a a whirlwind of info (laughs) at your feet. Are you ready to... Tie a bow on it. <laughs> yes, sir, I am. Thank you so much. And thank you, Elder, for sharing with us the word of the Lord today. Amen. And as you as you spoke about this third point of purposing to preserve holiness, I thought of what John said in his epistle that he had no greater joy than to know that his children walked in truth. Just before this podcast tonight, my son Braxton called me and we had uh, some time to talk and mm. share with me some things in his life and ministry. And and I can agree with the Apostle John. I have no greater joy than to know that my son, his wife, Jessica, and my daughter, Brooklyn, are walking in truth. In other words, holiness is being preserved in more than just one generation. Amen. It's been extended to my children, and one day, hopefully, my grandchildren. Amen. As believers, the best thing you can do is preserve holiness, passing on a legacy to the next generation. You see, discipleship begins in the home. It's continued in the church. And when it becomes a lifestyle, we will preserve holiness. Earlier this year, May 2nd of this year, I preached from Psalm 99 at the Church of Omaha. My title for that psalm and message was The Superlative holiness of God. Mm. If you'll allow me as we wrap up this podcast today, I just want to share with you just the introduction that I said to the congregation that morning. Psalm 99 belongs to the category of enthronement psalms. These psalms describe God as reigning supremely and sovereignly over every person and everything. 
Psalm 99 joins the angelic host crying, holy, holy, mm-hmm. holy to the Lord, like Isaiah saw in Isaiah 6, 3, and John saw in Revelation 4, 8. It's not that these angels can't think of anything else to say. Instead, they are speaking the superlative statement of eternity. Our holy God is unwavering in fulfilling all his eternal purposes. God is unhindered by the frailty of man's attempt to cancel him. He is God all by himself, Mm. and his holiness is his primary attribute. Amen. The writers of the Bible did not have ways of emphasizing something in print like we do. We can capitalize, boldface, underline, highlight, italicize, and otherwise make something stand out. Therefore, since the ancient writers did not have such tools at their disposal, they achieved emphasis by repetition. This is why you hear Jesus saying, verily, verily, I say unto you, It's the equivalent of bold-facing or underlining or otherwise emphasizing the importance of what is about to be said. But if saying it twice was enough to stress its value, Mm. what does it mean when the angels repeat it three times night and day? And the Bible says in Revelation 4.8, they don't rest night or day saying this. Here's what it means. It means that their proclamation is of the highest importance. Amen. The holiness of God is mentioned in the Bible more than any other attribute of God. Wow. More than sovereign, more than just, more than merciful, more than loving. And since God is the superlative wonder of holiness and says, Be ye holy, for I am holy, then it means it's something we can do. Therefore, the purpose of holiness is to be like Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you for listening today and subscribing to Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. Please be sure to email us your questions or comments at rightlydividingwot at gmail.com. Again, that's rightlydividingwot at gmail.com. Amen. We look forward to our next time with you, and we're going to talk about why holiness matters in our next podcast. God bless you abundantly. Have a blessed day.